Kessler here from Grunthal. Paul Kingsley with the 30-second board to five. Brian, the gate is down. This is a sharp left-hander. Who's going to shot? Looks like Darcy Lange on that Richmond Gallup. Kawasaki gets the jump. That's where it all started. Big MX Radio is on the air. Fueled by passion, focused on motocross. Fox Racing Canada, Phoenix Handlebars, Guts Racing, 204 Skate Shop, and Throttle Syndicate make it possible to bring you the news, the interviews, and the point of views inside the sport of motocross. The gate's about to drop on Big MX Radio. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Big MX Radio Podcast. This one, a very, very special episode where we have an opportunity to speak to all three members of the Team Canada 2022 MX Donations team. Yes, here in Canada. I still call it the Motocross Donations. Uh, it always seemed to have a little bit more cachet uh, when calling it the, the Desnations or Denations. Um, of course, maybe that's just a little bit of uh, Canadiana, given the fact that uh, here in Canada, uh, we're so generous. We don't just have one. We have two official languages, both French and English. Uh, I understand a little bit of French uh, and probably a little bit more English. But either way, um, I think the, the race always made a little bit, uh, had a little bit more cachet when you call it the uh, more cross donations but either way mxdn mxon no matter what you call it i'm excited for it. it's going to be a fantastic event and team canada has uh, a great opportunity to do really really well um seems like all three riders are firing on all cylinders uh the bikes look great you can go to my instagram and check that out now enjoy this podcast these three interviews with three amazing athletes that uh, I'm a huge fan of. Looking forward to seeing this weekend and uh, lucky enough to call all three of them a great friend. So uh, enjoy this podcast. Thanks to JC Sites and Danica White over at Fox Racing Canada. Go over to the, the website, memorize the catalog, or just bring it up on your phone when you go into your local dealer like Maple Ridge and go uh, Go in there, grab yourself some stuff, whether it's uh, on the track, off the track, brand new helmet. Uh, they got three redesigned boots and a brand new boot called the Motion for 2022, uh, 23 rather. You guys are going to want to check that out. Uh, and uh, and also, if for off the bike, like just walking through the pits uh, or just at the track, uh, you know Fox Racing always has the coolest stuff. Uh, it, it's... It, I can't say it any other way, uh, and I say it quite often on this show. Uh, I did install my uh, brand new seat cover from Guts Racing. Andy Gregg was nice enough to send me a, a seat cover uh, for me to round out the season on, and uh, I didn't end up taking the win, but I can tell you this much. The seat cover was amazing. Uh, being able to grip the bike uh, with a little bit extra uh, traction with my legs was a huge benefit. I really liked that, and uh, the, the seat cover was actually very, very easy to install, so I encourage anyone who... Uh, is looking for a brand new seat cover to go with guts and uh, and rounding this out uh, brand new uh, discount code for the big mx radio faithful hopefully you guys will uh, take advantage of it because uh, we get a little piece of every single sale that we make with through this is uh, phoenix handlebars big mx 
15 will save you 15% off your order. And uh, and Jason Gerald over there at Phoenix Handlebars does an amazing job, and uh, they've got great product uh, with some new bar bends coming out soon. So uh, go check that out, guys. PhoenixHandlebars.com, um, GutsRacing.com, as well as FoxRacing.ca. Go check those guys out. Fox Racing Canada guys are awesome, and hopefully you guys like this interview. These interviews. Uh, thanks for listening. And with us on the line, multi-time Canadian national champion, wrapping up his, uh, I believe, his third consecutive title, if I'm not mistaken, in the 450 class outdoors. Um, Dylan Wright here on the Big MX Radio Podcast, brought to you by Fox Racing Canada. He is a Fox Racing Canada athlete, and he'll be head-to-toe Fox, uh, with exception of the goggle, this weekend at Redbud Track and Trail for his second appearance representing Team Canada at the Moorcross Dis Nations. Dylan, how's it going? Yeah, it's going well. Quite the intro you got there, but uh, yeah, um, it's going well, man. Just like you said, getting ready for Redbud this weekend. Um, it's going to be a fun weekend. Yeah, a track that you likely have some time on from uh, from years past, either uh, racing a national or uh, going down for area qualifiers for uh, Loretta Lynn's uh, in throughout your time, um, and an opportunity to uh, to represent your uh, your home nation again, um, and, and and I think you guys have a great opportunity to uh, to make some noise this season. Yeah, for sure. Um, like you said, I. I've only been there actually once um, for an area qualifier. Um, I don't like 65s back in the day, but I was actually at. So that, that's Red relatable. Red that's relatable. Yeah. 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 So it's been a while, but I actually went to the MXO win, but they had a red, but I think six, five years ago, maybe 2018, 2018 or something like that. So I was actually able to go like watch and see the track and stuff. So that was, that was, uh, that was actually pretty fun. And, uh, yeah, I think it's a track that kind of suits me a little bit. They've added a bunch of sand, so it'll be a little sandy with a clay base and ruddy a little bit. Um, but uh, it'll be fun because we can run the paddle, a, a tire that I tend to uh, do fairly well on. So you do you do run the paddle quite often, um, likely putting that to good use this last, this last season when, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Dylan, you can correct me if I'm wrong, uh, this year at the Triple Crown Series, there were 20 motos, and if if my math is correct, you ended up winning 20 of them, and, and that's uh, that's a it's a pretty uh, solid rep- uh, like pretty pretty solid season, all things considered, um, a perfect season, uh, which is a huge feather in your cap. Probably it's not even something that you had on your bucket list because it, it's just such a astronomical. Um, like a feat to be able to achieve within the sport of motocross. Like so many things need to go your way, uh, especially after the off season that you had uh, in order for you to go perfect in this last season. But that's exactly what you did this last year. Perfect season and, a, and another championship. Uh, but T-Dags made you come all the way to the end. How, how'd you make it happen? Yeah. Uh, like you said, going into the season, it wasn't, um, it's not really something you think about, to be honest, for the most part. Um, obviously, you know, you line up to win every moto, but, um, it's not really something that's in your mind you know, our big pictures, you know, um, getting the championship, um, for Honda and GDR and Fox and the team and everybody. So that's kind of the big thing. But, um, like you said, I was just able to kind of click them off, uh, win after win. And then, um, just take it moto by moto from there. Um, I'm not a guy that lines up to lose when I line up in the gate. So, um, 
I'm even one, you know, if a championship's on the line, I'm not going to go ride around at 60% and collect points. It's not really my, uh, not really, you know, in my habits or things to do. I line up every motor to win. And, um, yeah, this year I was, I was able to, I was able to get them all. And man, T-Dag, uh, we wrapped it up one round early, but he finished second every moto. So, um, he, uh, kept me on my toes and, uh, in order to, you know, wrap it up a weekend early, I had to win out and, uh, he, um, uh, yeah, he was definitely there um, every weekend. He certainly was. And, and I just got off the phone with Tyler. Uh, like I, I mentioned to him, maybe one of the most impressive seasons uh, from my point of view uh, from him of just being of taking that step. Uh, there needed to be someone who could challenge you week in and week out. And uh, and, and like, I think he's he's got to be at least uh, the uh, second most laps led on the year. I think he la- he he led quite a few at the beginning of I think it was la- uh, re- the moto first moto at uh, Manitoba. Um, of course, you, you had the lion's share, but uh, like just speak to the how impressed you were of, of you know you got to be impressed with your competition sometimes. Seeing a guy like Tyler Medaglia, who is a journeyman in the sport, he's uh, he's 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 won races both classes uh, in in Canada and uh, and able to take a step forward and uh, and at least be the uh, the second best guy this last year when uh, that that spot was pretty much up for grabs uh, you you weren't uh, letting anyone uh, enjoy the top step of the podium but uh, he at least established himself as the second best guy on, on a 450 this last year yeah exactly um, obviously you know Tyler rode great and he's always like a guy that I looked up to um, growing up. We're from the same area. He kind of grew up maybe a half hour from where I grew up and we'd see each other at Sandalee all the time, me being, you know, 10 years younger than he is. But um, he was always like the guy at the track that I looked up to. So it's pretty cool to see him at, you know, 35 and um, still able to level up his game. And I kind of asked him, cause I, I was like, how do you do it at like your age, you know, kind of continue to progress because it's kind of, something that you know in the future I'm gonna have to do and he said it was honestly with his kid and um, helping his kid out and going riding with his kid and he kind of takes you back to the basics and um, yeah so I think it's kind of cool that uh, he's able to do that with his family and stuff and uh, yeah I mean probably one of his best years of his career Um, be interesting to talk to him to see you know if he thought he was the fastest he's been um in his career or not but uh definitely one of the most solid um years for him for sure and uh like you said he you man he had to grind it out for a few motos to get you know second but he ultimately in all the motos that he raced in the 450 class other than walton where he dropped down he was he ended up second every moto so um pretty good feat for him and uh you know just to be super solid and consistent and um like you said he probably had the second most lap slide because he whole shot it i think half of the motos so um that definitely helped and uh yeah he had it uh, he had a dive in this year no doubt and that's got to be confidence inspiring rolling into what i would consider to be the biggest uh, event on the schedule for any racer no matter what country you come from i think that uh winning the chamberlain trophy uh, competing at the motocross nations period is uh is something that Motocross racers all over the world hold in, in a hugely high regard. regard. Um, and, and you get an opportunity to do that with a great team, and not only the great team behind you in GDR Honda, but uh, two other uh, teammates that uh, both have top-end skill. Of course, uh, um, Ryder McNabb, who I had on the podcast uh, about an hour and a half ago, um, being the youngest uh, Canadian to ever uh, 
wrap up a uh, Canadian National Championship in the 250 class. Hats off to that kid. He's on rails this year. Uh, of course, you get you have a, a great relationship with him. Uh, T Dags is going to be there, and uh, and the champ. Mr. Perfect Season himself, who is uh, fresh off of uh, a honeymoon uh, with your your lovely wife. Um, things are just rolling your way right now, man, and uh, and exciting. Uh, a great way to celebrate uh, your your 25th birthday. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you say, it's been uh, it's been a it's been an awesome year for me, man. Like um, you know, going perfect season and then um, getting married just a couple weeks after, and um, yeah, now going to Red Bud and get to celebrate my 25th birthday on friday before the race and uh with the guys so that should uh, that should be fun um obviously not have too many beverages because we gotta throw down the next day but uh yeah man it's been a it's been a great year and as for the honeymoon i told my wife i said uh yeah we're gonna have to wait because i had to keep prepping and riding for um red bud so uh we'll get that done when we get that done but uh for me like you said it's the most important kind of race of the year for as a like um not important i guess because our series races are more important you know contract wise and stuff but as a racer to be able to go represent your country it's pretty um it's pretty cool and surreal you know when we get to the track and you know we actually work together as a team for like team canada and uh see all the other countries that we got to go up against and stuff it's pretty uh it's pretty cool. And like you said, for a kid rider's age, it's probably going to be um, the biggest race that he's ever raced in his life because um, there's going to be fans lined up pretty much everywhere. So um, it's just cool to take that in when, you, you know, you're doing the hot lap and you can look around and just be like, holy shit, this is pretty cool. Um, you know, it's the, it's the biggest race of the year in terms of fans and everything. So, um, yeah, I think my biggest thing to, you know for anybody who is going is kind of just to soak it in because it's uh it's pretty badass that we get to race our dirt bikes in front of the whole world really yeah and that's one of the things i was going to ask you is if you had any if uh, i'm sure you'll you'll give a little bit of sage like advice to uh uh young rider mcnab uh as he rolls into this uh is is that maybe echoing that statement of just to, to soak things in uh ride your race let things come to you a little bit uh obviously the kid's gonna to put in his best effort but uh also take some time to uh look around a little bit and uh and just appreciate how uh how great that 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 event crew truly is yeah like you said i'm gonna try and coach him through it as much as i can but um ultimately you know it's up to him to go out there and do the best that he can and uh, i think he'll do great i mean he's got some pretty insane raw speed um it's just uh matter of kind of getting the start down and uh, believing that he can ride with some of the guys that he's going to be racing against. That's half the battle. If you believe you can be up there, you can do it. And uh, I think he'll be, uh, I think he'll be right in the mix with uh, some of the best MX2 guys there. And um, I, you know, I feel like I'll be in the mix with some of the best guys out there too. So it's kind of, it should be pretty fun. And yeah, exactly. You just have to soak it all in. Even when you're out there riding with, you know, Cairoli and um, man, uh, Tomac. Like all the guys. Sexton. Yeah, Tomac, Sexton. Medaglia. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty <laughs> gnarly when you go through the list of guys, like Prado, Fernandez, um, the Lawrence brothers, like everybody's out there, man. It's just you got you to gotta soak it all in and um, believe that you can, you know, that you're at the level to ride with those guys. Certainly. And have you have uh, they literally just posted the uh, the pictures of the team bikes. You probably haven't even seen it yet. Have you seen your bike for this year? It looks pretty good. 
Yeah, I would have seen it um, at the same time as everybody else has seen it. It's not something that I get too uh, too too worked up about. Um, you know, my uh, my focus is really on performing, and um, of course, you know the guys that uh, would dig and you know GDR Fox. They make sure that we're looking um, on point, and I don't think this year will disappoint. That's for sure. I've seen actually the helmets. It's the only thing I've seen prior to all this stuff coming out today there but um and uh, I can tell you it's going to be our kit's going to be looking badass that's for sure um yeah and I know Justin will have my bike dialed in so um should be uh should be a recipe for a good day in the office so are you you're not one of the like just like I need my graphics done a certain like yeah I want my graphics looking sweet gear's got to be a certain way or I like certain colors it's just like I just show like let, let me ride the damn thing and make sure she's st- like, uh, keeps it together. Like, uh, or, or are you picky whatsoever on like the, the style on and off the bike? Like, or what's, what's the story there? Like, are you just, just a pure soul rider? Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. Cause I grew up, you know, we didn't have a ton of money, so I never really had graphics or cool gear. I was always wearing like mixed match gear, or a few year old kind of set of gear and helmet boots or whatever. Um, so for me, it's not the most important thing, but um, it definitely is a bonus, you know, when um, on the weekend uh, we get our like new Fox gear and, um, you know, it looks pretty, it all looks pretty badass. The guys at Fox kill it. And, uh, you know, uh, Lime 9 and Dig and everybody behind all the graphics and the bikes looking sweet. I, it's a, never a question when I show up on the weekend that our setup's going to be looking good. Um, but I mean, I guess the most important thing is that the bike, um, is good and I'm comfortable on it because, um, you know, we need that to win races, but it definitely, I'd be lying if I said it didn't help when, you know, you, you walk out of the semi and you're looking like decked out and, you know, it's, uh, it's definitely a pretty sweet feeling or when you see some pictures after the race and you're like, dang, that kit looks good. And I actually have some favorite kits from throughout the years that I actually keep and I, um, I put up um, in my house and stuff that uh, that I liked or um, that I thought looked kind of the best because I, we all have ones that kind of stand out. And I think it's different from person to person, really. Like my favorite kit from the year might be different from Derek's or Justin's or, um, you know, some other the guys on the team. So um, it's pretty cool that uh, Fox, you know, we get a ton of gear and kind of different looks throughout the year. So um, this one will be this one will be like no other and it'll be for sure be a kit that I'm going to be keeping. Um, cause, uh, it's going to look sick. As always, for sure. JC and, uh, Danica from, uh, Fox racing Canada always have you looking absolutely sick. Uh, do you have a favorite kit from this last year? I have my favorite kit that you wore, but what's your favorite? Yeah, my favorite kit, um, was the one I wore at Deschambeau when I won the championship. It was basically all white with a little bit of, uh, like darkish gray. Um, and, uh, I just like it cause it looked super clean. Like I've always, I've always been kind of a sucker for white. So, um, you know, my, my kit was pretty dialed in that day and it just looks good, you know, with the red and then mostly all white, it just looks pretty badass. It pops when you're on the bike kind of thing. 
Well, you guys are walk, rocking the white instincts for this weekend for Fox. So I'm thinking it's going to be more of a white motif. They usually go with a little bit more red for Team Canada. But I, I think it's going to be more white with ac red accents than red with white accents this year for uh, for the kit. Uh, so I, I think you're going to you're going to get your wish uh, from that point of view. My personal favorite from you for you this year was that blue stuff that you wore at, uh, at in Manitoba. That was good looking stuff like that. It that that blue would Whatever shade of blue that is, maybe it's a cyan, maybe it's a royal blue. That that really popped. I, I think you look good that day. Yeah, yeah, thanks. I mean, like I said, it's just, you know, it's personal for everybody uh, what they think. But that kit did look cool because we had the boots, um, we had the custom boots to match it, which was pretty sick actually. Um, but yeah, uh, Fox always kills it, man. We we always have. I, in my opinion, it's the best stuff out there. So um, you know, it's kind of almost like an honor sometimes when we get like custom kits to uh, uh you know from fox and stuff it's pretty sick like the one we got at gopher which was actually a one-off kit that they made um just for us just for mm -hmm. our team so we we're the only people that'll ever wear that one-off kit so that was a cool one too that i'll keep and then same thing with donations we'll have a one-off kit uh, fully custom for um for donation so um just kind of cool stuff that fox is able to do for an athlete that kind of um you know, makes it even that much cooler when, um, you know, we get to keep it or look back and reflect on the year. It's pretty, um, it's pretty badass. No doubt. Good to know that, uh, Dylan Wright is just as nostalgic as a guy like myself. Uh, question that I had for, for Tyler, I'll ask for you, uh, what needs to happen this weekend in order for Dylan Wright to walk out of, uh, Redbud track and trail with his head held high and know that, uh, you were successful and that you can call, uh, this weekend, uh, good in your book. Yeah. To win would be sick. No, <laughs> um, I'd like to obviously, yeah, to win, but um i gotta look canada's at team is honestly like I, I like i can't think of a year where team canada was this deep as far as talent like we are sending our three best guys period i i think i seriously think this this rivals any team that we might have sent in the the mid 2000s with like jsr clat and fasciati and stuff along those lines i think this is this is extremely potent team and with uh with some good starts uh, you guys can make something special happen, I think. Yeah, I think so too. But I think what would make me happy is honestly is just for all of us to have, um, this is going to sound cliche, but for all of us just to go have fun and have like good motos that we feel um, good about. Uh, it's always kind of shitty when you have a moto where you kind of like, ah, I left something on the table there. So I think if we can all just go have um, a solid, what it would it be? Six motos, I guess, between the three of us plus mm -hmm. the qualifying race. So, if we can all just go have fun and ride our dirt bikes to the best of our abilities and see where we end up. I think if we can all go do that, we, you know, we might have the best ever finish for Canada, which I'm not even sure what it is, but it'd be pretty cool if we can, um, with the group of guys we got this year, if we can make that happen, I think that would be, um, that would be unreal for us to be honest. Certainly would be. And, and you'll be a big part of that. Um, Dylan right here on the big MX radio podcast. Uh, Dylan, you're a repeat offender. Uh, on this podcast love having you on man um like looking into the future uh you're still you just about to turn 25 years old you've got a long uh, uh career ahead of you in both uh, like in motocross in general whether that's uh going off and racing uh overseas racing in uh, in the states or racing in canada i think throughout your the rest of your career you'll likely do a lot of all three of those um like 
like when when you look forward and 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 think of uh, uh, some goals that you have set for yourself career wise. Um, what are some things that you'd like to accomplish? Do you have a bucket list of, of things that you'd like to be able to do before you uh, hang up the boots uh, for real? Yeah, as a racer, we all have some stuff that, you know, we want to do before uh, we end up retiring. And um, I think for me, it all kind of depends on what happens over the next few years, if I'm kind of staying in Canada or not. If I, if I am staying in Canada, I mean, Colt's records definitely um, one of the things I'd like to beat. Him and I are really good buddies and uh, super close, kind of off the track. Um, and when he used to race on the track, even. But um, so I mean, it's kind of like a little rivalry that we've got. Um, I've already got three 450 championships and a 251, but unfortunately, we don't count the 251. So um, I'm halfway there. I just gotta. I'm I counting my Manitoba championship to... from this last weekend. So. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. You and Steve Mathis, both of you, count the Manitoba <laughs> championships. <laughs> but uh, yes, sir. But uh, yeah, so I um, that's one of the bucket list things. I just think Canada to beat Colts record, so I'd have to win four more, which is definitely not an easy feat, but uh, something that I'd love to do. Um, other than that, I mean, I'd love to raise um, some more MXGPs. Um, I do want to do one U.S. Supercross race before i retire whether or not i do it on my own or whatever i'd like to do one just to kind of say i've done it um i want to do um like the australian super just the one big one that i got over there i forget what it's called the Aussie X open i'd mm-hmm. like to do that one okay um and i you know race some more u.s nationals and get i'd really like to get a like a top i got a top 10 in the gp but i'd like to kind of get a top five or something cool in the u.s just you know kind of um you know to kind of cap off my career and the other weird thing that i'd like to do is some off-road stuff like i want to race one one of the um series out in the desert in california and then i want to race one gncc kind of yeah i want to do the one of the works and then one of the gncc events i'd like to do one of those before i retire too so um definitely a few things i still got left to do to fit in but uh I think over the net, you know, over the next few years, I'll try and pick a couple here and there and just do on, uh, when I got some time. Wow. I think the only thing you didn't mention in there was straight rhythm. So you got some, uh, you got some stuff to take care of, man. That's quite the list. So it sounds like we'll be seeing a lot of, uh, of Dylan Wright, uh, before you are even thinking about, uh, uh, hanging up the boots in any shape or form. And, uh, you also seem like the kind of guy that, uh, long after, uh, racing professional motos, you'll likely, uh, go back to, uh, to racing locally, uh, when you're not chasing your wife around the house. Um, but, yeah, that's it. Or like Tyler, you know, having kids and then doing right. the whole amateur scene again. <laughs> yeah, like uh, coming to a track near you, uh, Dylan Wright in the plus 40 class. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> but... Uh, this has been awesome, man. Always a pleasure. Uh, thank you so much for your time. Uh, uh, anytime I can have a four-time Canadian national champ uh, on the podcast, uh, on the on the precipice of being able to uh, uh, compete at what I would consider to be the the biggest race of of any series or like of the whole of whole calendar. Um, everyone, all these different champions coming together um the mxgp racers the the american guys as well as uh guys who uh, race in the american series as well as canadian all coming together to uh to see see who's got the medal at red bud track and trail this this weekend and it happens on your birthday on top of that so uh it'll be a great weekend i'm looking forward to being there with you 
Yeah, for sure. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be it's going to be a fun weekend, and it's going to be sick to see all the Canyon fans showing up and uh, cheering us on. It's going to be it's going to be a cool one. Weather looks good too, so uh, excited uh, to hit the road and get down there and uh, you know go uh, do what I do best, I guess. Put some laps in on the dirt bike. <laughs> Lovely, awesome, man. Well, do not hang up just yet, but for podcast sake, we're going to cut it off right there. And there you have it, my interview with uh, Captain Canada, uh, the number 40 for this weekend, Dylan Wright. Fantastic interview. He's always a great guest. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that. Um, I think the, Dylan's put himself in a great position to uh, be really successful uh, this uh, this season at Motocross Nations. Wish him luck, and we'll see him in just a couple of days. And now uh, let's throw things over to Ryder McNabb. And with us on the line, the 64 in your program, 64 on the wall behind me, that beautiful Fox Racing jersey, the 2022 250 Canadian National Champion, none other than Ryder McNabb from my home province of Manitoba. First time it's happened in over 30 years. Ryder, congratulations on the championship, and uh, great to hear you uh, uh, also named to the uh, Canadian Motocross of Nations team. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. Welcome back to the show, my friend. We, we talked uh, shortly after, I believe it was the Gopher Dunes round. Uh, you had yourself a little bit of a, a lead rolling into the last few rounds. You were able to, get, to take that season home. Um, before we get into talking about Motocross Donations, uh, it's still Desnations to me. I don't know. Maybe I just grew up with that name. Uh, but either way, uh, take us uh, down the stretch of your championship, how you were able to lock that up and, uh, and really come in clutch down the stretch. Because uh, at one point you were down 20 points and you finished it off quite comfortably. Yeah, I mean, um, down 20 points, I... At that point, I just kind of put my head down, and I mean, you can't get any worse than that. So, kind of just went to work and knew I was the guy going into that. So, yeah, put put my head down, went to work, and then uh, Harrison got a flat tire in the one moto, which helped me out quite a bit. But um, yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was just yeah, putting the work in, and um, yeah, pretty much. So, I mean, coming into the last couple rounds, uh, actually going into, um, what was it? Um, Moncton. 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 Going into Moncton, uh, I was like, I think one or two points down at that point. So then going into the first moto, I didn't get the best start past Harrison. Um, and then was putting a charge in on Natsuki and then uh, noticed that Harrison wasn't there anymore. So I kind of let off a little bit and then uh, um, went out, got the whole shot in the second moto, which helped even more. And then I had, I think, I think 23 points or something after that or 25 points or something. And then at that point, it was just go be smart. And um, I went and won DeChambeau. And then uh, going into uh, Walton was just go in, 
be smart. Don't do anything stupid. Don't uh, don't crash or do nothing stupid. So kind of what I did. There you go. Able to wrap it up. Uh, yeah, you're consistent all year long, man. Uh, lots of speed and uh, and some consistency mixed in there. Uh, all added up for a championship. Um, like it was well known that you had a little bit of a, sh- a shoulder issue mid-season, and then also a uh, a pretty uh, um, I wouldn't say heated, but uh, um, a, a very serious heart-to-heart talk with not only. Um, I think it was with, uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but with uh, Ryan Lockhart as well as uh, either Dylan Wright or uh, Colton Fasciati, maybe all three of them were there. Um, tell us a little bit about the shoulder, how much that nagged you down the stretch, as well as uh, how impactful a talk like that can be uh, for a young athlete like yourself. A um, little bit of tough love goes a long way sometimes. Yeah, for sure. Um, Dylan, Dylan was a big big help in that situation i mean going into sandalia it was like well can i can i do this like my shoulder i pretty like i can't like half separated my shoulder both of them actually i hurt both my shoulders and then um i went uh i did that and going into whatever i qualified like 17th and i was like well I don't even know if I can race right now. And then me and Dylan had a chat. Um, I just got told to suck it up and put some KT tape on my shoulders and went out and ended up getting a really good start, getting into first. And then uh, uh, just kind of, honestly, I just checked out. Like, I uh, I pulled like 25 seconds or something in that moto. It was it was crazy. And then second moto didn't get a good start. I came from like 30th and got a little bit of luck again on the uh, on the last couple laps from Harrison and Racine. They went down, but uh, went one one on the day on one of the one of the craziest weekends I've had. Certainly was um, the 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 bad starts. Obviously, it's been a bit of a theme with you as well. I don't remember you being a bad starter uh, as a as an amateur around here. Of course, you're battling uh, the likes of uh, McGuire, Yaruski, and uh, and Bryce Wage, who are uh, pretty much the only other two guys that were on your level to that uh, to that respect. But um, like. Do you know what the the, the, the sort of uh, the issue is with the starts? Uh, something you're continuing to work on? Uh, is it a mental thing, like, uh, or or is it something that you're like, as far as technique wise, you're continuing to work on? Because um, uh, yeah, you, you're you're kind of uh, bringing up shades of uh, of Mike LaRocco in the mid '90s, man. Um, yeah, for sure. Like, I honestly on '85s and Super Minis, I was always a good starter like I'd pull whole shots every weekend like at trans camp I would pull two of the three whole shots and I think um honestly it's it's a huge huge mental game because you can let off a split second before anybody else and you're coming out 10 it is all I it's all mental and for me it's just I've been working on it a lot 
and it, that's one thing I've uh, really struggled with is um, having the the uh, the mental state going into the first corner, corner like I got this and just holding it on just a little bit longer than everybody else and obviously technique can always get better but um, yeah for me I think it's just been a big mental game for sure and I honestly I've been getting a lot better at it but I can still keep working towards it and keep getting better. As far as uh, like working on starts, uh, I, I think a lot of people who listen to this podcast uh, have worked on them themselves. Maybe they're racers. Um, but uh, what is it that you find is something that that really sort of hits home as far as the like the technique for improving your start position? Is it vi- visualization? Is it the mental prep? Is it uh, actual technique when when shifting? Um, I guess it's a combination of all those things. And you sort of mentioned that it's more of a mental thing. Uh, but do you do any like sort of uh, visualization practices or anything quite like that to improve that uh, that position for you? Um, no, I honestly haven't tried that or nothing, but I, I mostly just try and just practice my technique as much as I can. But also one thing that I started working on at the end of the year was not just doing starts. It was, I was doing, I was just going in a straight line. And what I started to do at the end was I was actually do make it so I could do a first turn or I could do like, yeah, have a left hander or a right hander and actually practice coming in hot and getting through the corner properly too, which that, I mean, I started doing that before I think Sandali and um, Monkton and that helped me quite a bit too. Well, there you go. And hopefully that uh, uh, does you well this weekend because you're going to need it, man. All three moto or all both your motos, uh, I assume you guys will be in the A main. I think uh, Team Canada is maybe sending uh, the most, um, the, the deepest and the um, just like, I think it's one of the best teams that we've sent in a long time. Obviously, Dylan coming off of a, a, a perfect season, T Dags uh, is, is a Honestly, he's like a Canadian great at this point and then doing as well as he did all summer long and then yourself as well. Um, starts are going to be hard uh, this year, this this year, or yeah, this year at Motocross to Nations. Your first time ever representing uh, the country. Tech, tell, tell me a little bit about uh, how you were told uh, that you'll be on the team. Obviously, winning the championship is, a, is kind of a given that way, but you still have to be uh, approached for that position and how excited you are to race for your country. Um, yeah, I mean, a super, super amazing opportunity. Can't wait. I'm super, super excited. And actually, I didn't, I didn't get approached. I think they talked, somebody talked to my dad or something. I seen it on Instagram one morning and I'm like, what? Perfect. I got pictures. I didn't, like, I didn't know nothing. And then I seen it on Instagram one morning. I'm like, I went and talked to my dad. I'm like, dad, we're racing to Vation. He's like, yeah, you didn't know that? I'm like, no, I just seen it on Instagram. So, I mean, it was it's a pretty pretty awesome opportunity to do it for sure, and we'll have uh, I'll have some help from the guys uh, with uh, Dylan and T Degs. I've went before, so um, it'll be uh, it'll be good for me to have them going into it. And yeah, for sure, starts are going to be tough because in 
other than the qualifying on Saturday, I'm racing 450s the both motos. So yeah. that's gonna be that's gonna be really tough on the starts. But um, I mean, just go try and get the best start I can, and uh, yeah, I mean, just honestly never quit and just charge until the checkered flag because obviously you're not going to get the best start on the 250 against 450s, so you're going to have to come through the pack a little bit and, yeah, just charge till the second flag, I guess. All right, man. Well, fingers crossed that you guys get a decent pick as far as gate pick goes, as far as uh, for qualifying, and then from there, uh, I, I would at least hope that uh, Team Canada gives you the, uh, the the better of the two picks for your two motos, uh, give it, like, given the fact that uh, it's really important that you get a good start. And, and I'm serious in saying that uh, we, you guys have the potential to uh, uh, be a little bit of a high watermark as far as uh, Canadian uh, results at this race. Uh, T-Dags was having himself an amazing race uh, at uh, Redbud in 2018 until his bike let go. Dylan is probably as much in his prime as he's ever been. And uh, hell, like... Uh, you're you're uh, you're coming into your own as well. So uh, like I think uh, expectations are high and they should be because you guys can really produce. Um, what what are your kind of goals rolling into the weekend? What would you like to accomplish? Um, or are you just going to be sort of in the moment? Yeah, I mean honestly, I have I haven't really thought of it about it, and I've never really like watched the race, so I don't honestly I don't really know what a good a good two fifty finish is, but. Um, going into the weekend, I kind of thought about it a little bit. I would like to, I, honestly, my goal is just to go in and see how, how close I can get to, say, Hunter Morris or Joe Shimoda. I, I just want to see how close my last time to be to them and, and uh, see, and yeah, I mean, see what, see what I can do and see how close I can, uh, I can be to those guys because those are two top guys in the state, so... Um, are you outside right now? Yeah, I did it cut out. Uh, no, it just like it, it sounds like you're in a, a hurricane, uh, which is fine. Yeah, uh, I, I the only place I get service is outside here, and it's pretty windy right now. All good. Uh, I'm, I'm sure the the listeners can uh, we'll we'll deal with a little bit of wind noise. Um, I the word on the street is is that they've backed out the corner in front uh, right before uh, Larocco's leap about ten feet, uh, expecting uh, most of the all, all the 450s to be able to jump it and the top five, um, the top five four uh, 250s to be able to jump it. So my question is, uh, does is that going to include you? Are you going to send that leap? We'll have to, we'll have to see. When I get there, I'll uh, definitely take a look at it. It's a big jump, but it's also tough never being there before and not seeing the jump. So, I mean, we'll see. Fair enough. It's, well, uh, like even even on like uh, the race day at Redbud for the AMA, it's uh, most of the, honestly most of the two fifty guys didn't do it. The only the, like even the star bikes and uh, Jet and them were struggling to do it some laps. So, I mean, it'll, uh, it honestly, it, and it depends on how the track is. Like, if it's super deep and they water the crap out of it, it's probably not going to be doable on a 250 because 
it's just it just that dirt just swallows your bike. So it's uh, it'll be a decision to be made on the going into it on the race day. You've probably raced Red Bud for a, a Loretta Lynn's qualifier back in the day. Yes, no. No, I've never been there. It's uh, oh, wow. this will be my first time. First time, and he's doing it at Motocross to Nations. Uh, that's going to be really cool. Um, Ryder McNabb here on the Big MX Radio podcast brought to you by Fox Racing Canada. Uh, last thing I have for you, uh, Ryder, is uh, you're going to be looking uh, great head to toe in the red and white uh, from Fox. Um, I know you've you got to be excited about what those guys have in store for uh, the kit for this weekend. They always roll out some really unique stuff. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, How do you like the new boot, uh, by the way? Are you in the new Instinct? Uh, yeah, I've worn it for um, uh, a week and a half or two weeks now. Um, yeah, I mean, it's really comfortable. Um, the new buckles are awesome because they're, uh, I like the new buckles a lot. They're a lot easier to do up and a lot, uh, I know when uh, in the old boots that uh, sometimes the sand got in them and you couldn't close the buckles, but they seem to be a lot better now, so um yeah and they're a little bit uh a little bit stiffer too so i like them quite a bit more um and yeah i they've always they always come out with a super cool set for designation um i haven't i haven't seen any of it yet so i'm super excited to get to see it when we get there and uh yeah i mean can't wait Right on, man. Well, uh, in only a few days' time, we'll both be in uh, Red Bud at Buchanan, Michigan. Uh, I'm sure you'll have some nerves, but uh, I'm sure you'll also uh, come through with some uh, some solid rides. Uh, appreciate the time, my friend. Thanks for uh, making some time for us after you have probably had dinner. Um, continue to uh, prepare yourself for uh, what will become your uh, the biggest race of your uh, the professional career to date. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. Awesome, man. Don't hang up just yet, but for podcast sake, we're going to cut it off right there. There it is, guys. My interview with Ryder McNabb. Uh, just a great kid. Very well spoken. Uh, great to be around at the track. Uh, great attitude. Hardworking kid and uh, a super, super bright future for him. Uh, the GDR Honda athlete. Uh, only time will tell. Uh, what next year and the years to come look for him, but uh, I can tell you this much for, sh- for free. He, uh, he will be going fast on two wheels, no matter uh, what manufacturer, what team, um, and, and wh- which uh, country he's racing in, whether he's down in the States uh, ripping it up or uh, north of the border uh, knocking down more wins and championships. Ryder McNabb has a very, very bright future in front of him, and he's been doing an amazing job for the uh, Fox Racing Canada GDR Honda guys and uh, looking forward to seeing him this weekend. Let's spin things over to our third and final interview for the podcast. He's a Canadian motocross legend. Uh, Some people refer to him as T-Dags. Sometimes he's just Tyler Medaglia. Either way, he is an absolute motocross nut. 
anything, in fact, anything with dirt bikes, he you can count him in, whether it's ISDE, off-road, hard enduros, motocross, uh, hey, even uh, some supercrosses here and there uh, throughout his history, uh, and uh, probably some uh, from Montreal supercrosses mixed in there as well. Someone who I look up to, and he's about to represent Canada for the ninth time, uh, and which is uh, which is like it's got to be the most of anybody who's uh, who's ever gone to represent Canada. Uh, hats off to him, and uh, the guy always steps up and gives his best. Ladies and gentlemen, Tyler Medaglia. With me on the line, a gentleman who's been on the podcast a number of times before. He is on the footstep of representing the great country of Canada at the motocross does nations and that's what i'm still calling it because that's what i've been calling it since day one uh none other than t-dags tyler medaglia tyler how's it going good man how are you hey not doing too bad man i i'm excited uh not just because of my manitoba title that i just wrapped up but uh in one week's time or later on this week i will be in buchanan michigan to cover the 2022 Motocross as nations. I'm excited about it. You'll be there again representing Canada like you've done so many times on the heels of, like I said off air, maybe one of your most impressive seasons to date. Yeah, yeah. I mean, geez, between you and Mathis, you guys are making these uh, Manitoba titles seem like a pretty big deal. I think that there's going to be, uh, yeah, you're going to draw some more, more riders up there for them titles now, man. I'm serious. You know what? If I'm able to get uh, three more of these, uh, and and then maybe uh, by then I'll probably be uh, in my later 30s. Um, yeah, maybe maybe Steve needs to come up to uh, to battle it out to see who's going to have that fifth title. Uh, I will be hunting for him, but uh, or maybe I just have to go down to uh, the world's vets and, and really see who's got the gas. I think I got a, about 15 years uh, age on him uh, at this point, but uh, yeah, that's that's neither here nor there. It'll be a battle. Either way, Steve's got uh, maybe a little bit more talent than I uh, I still do at this point. So, um, but yeah, Canadian uh, Manitoba races aside, um, you were able to, uh, like I said, have a extremely ex- like successful year. Like basically second overall in every single national, but one uh, laps led uh, some new tracks that you still showed a ton of speed at. Uh, it's very difficult to perform at a track that you haven't been to before you were able to do that tell us how you got it done that was good i mean i think it all started um just deciding because you know typically i ride a 350 in the woods um during the winter and this year i decided to stay on the 450 and ride the 450 in the woods and i kind of I kind of stayed with my last the the setting that i ended up with last year in moto and um just kind of yeah, um, just took it from there and uh, was pretty dedicated and put a lot of lot of time and work in and you know did well at some GNCCs and um, yeah got a fifth and and uh, you know in the next one race and you know a sixth and another and it was pretty good just you know by myself me and a buddy and yeah won um, a bunch of uh, full gas sprint enduros and I was the three rounds that I did, I was undefeated in the cross test. So, um, yeah, so I, I put a lot of work in and it was on the same, same bike. And, um, yeah, we just kept, kept developing the bike and getting it better and better. And like I said to you before, I mean, it was more, I was definitely more dedicated just 
less distractions. Um, you know, my, my son was taking racing more seriously now and he wants to ride a lot. And Mitchell Harrison, my teammate was living with us. So, um, you know, my brother and Mitch cook, they, they ride. Well, my, bro- my brother doesn't ride near as much, but Mitch still rides, but he likes to ride on, on good days. And, you know, if, if the weather's shit or the tracks are no good, he, you know, he doesn't really care to ride. So, um, luckily, you know, with Mitchell Harrison here, it was, it was good because I got, uh, to, you know, you know, he's young and motivated and it didn't matter. And we rode together every time and then, you know, pushed each other to, yeah, to try to, you know, and he's competitive and I'm competitive. So it was a good, it was a good, having a, a good training partner there. Um, on top of, you know, having Mitch and my brother too, that, you know, when we all get together, it's, it's a good day of motoing. Yeah, having a young guy like that has to be uh, good for uh, just those competitive juices, uh, see, like seeing the, his aggression on the bike. Uh, Mitchell's a kid who uh, he, he's actually had a, a pretty long pro career, all things considered, coming straight out of amateurs to uh, to race with, uh, I think it was originally with Star and then with uh, had some stints with both uh, Pro Circuit and the uh, Husqvarna team before uh, doing some time with uh, Team Solitaire Boys. But uh, having him up there and then also having your son get into the, the sport the way he has in like, I'd like to say in the last 24, 18 to 24 months, he, he seems to have had that like sort of aha moment where like, I'm as into this as I'm going to be. Uh, I really want to continue pushing forward. That's almost got to like motivate you a little bit on top of that as well, just because uh, uh, seeing your son enjoy it and maybe uh, start starts to have a few of the similar experiences that you had as a young up and comer as well. Yeah. And then, you know, it's good too, because I can, you know, I can work them through the challenges that, you know, my dad didn't quite understand as well as I do. Right. Um, so, you know, he's already on the track where he's, he's doing better than, than what I was at that age. Right. So it's, it's good that he's, uh, that he's into it and he, and, and I don't, yeah, I, I basically want to show him that, you know, this is, this is what it takes like what i'm doing you know he he can see it firsthand like if this is what you want to do for a job like this is what the kind of work you have to do and how much you have to ride and and go through and like you're talking about being sore all the time and like there's days when you're cranky and days where it's you know 35 degrees and the tracks are blown out and you know your lap times are garbage because there's no nothing to turn on and yeah, it's, you know, there's, there's a lot of struggles that come with it, but he's watching and understanding then that's part of it. And, um, you know, he has those days and I have to talk him through it. And, or, you know, if we're going riding in the woods and we get to like a rock garden and, you know, he stalls every five feet, can't touch the ground, falls over in his 80 and, you know, he's whining and crying and carrying on. But then, you know, he's a couple of days later, he's like, Hey, I think I want to try that again. And it's, and it's fun for me to, to, you know, to, to take him into these different avenues. Like I wished I would have done a little bit more um, different types of riding, you know, at his age than just, just, you know, track riding it, but it's good. It's, it's definitely, like you said, it's, it's definitely good uh, motivation for me to, you know, go to the track and, you know, gear up the bikes and do it all for a reason instead of just doing it just for, for, you know, selfish purposes. Certainly. And that was actually one of the things I was going to follow up a question with is, is that, 
Um, what sort of lessons have you learned uh, from just so much different type of riding that you've done and really have, uh, evolved to throughout your career? Like uh, you said, I assume that you were probably just like uh, just burning laps, laps, laps at a motocross track, not really venturing off into off-road whatsoever until almost like later in your professional career. Um, do you stress a lot of that? Uh, it's just as far as acquiring bike skill with your son, and uh, um, it's also got to be a little bit of a, um, a a delicate process of how much to push the kid. Because obviously, like I, I remember as an a- amateur rider or a young rider, like I, I probably could have benefited with my dad wanting me to like kind of go for it a little bit more. Uh, I was pretty timid and didn't really like stick my nose in there, but also saw the the flip side of things where there'd be dads who are, are really overbearing and, and uh, kind of coming down on their kid. And like, that doesn't look like a whole lot of fun either. Um, talk about that sort of uh, kind of balance a little bit, if you can. Yeah, it is a balance, right? Because there's times when I catch myself, um, you know, getting a little bit too, too much and um, just a little bit too hard on them. And, but then, you know, there's times where I was, I remember it was a lot worse, you know, with my dad freaking out at me and, you know, it's, it's just, and the, you know, there's two different ways to, to approach it. Right. Like it was a lot different from my brother, um, than it was for me. Like I, they kind of like, were like, holy shit. Like we can't, we just can't do this again to another, another kid. I think that's, they kind of just realized that, you know, so my brother, they seen all the bullshit that I went through and how gnarly, you know, it was. And yeah. And then my brother could just sit back and, and watch and not make the same stupid mistakes that I did and learn from it that way. And my parents didn't have to go crazy, but yeah, you know what I mean? And, and it's not like they were, you know, there was many more examples of parents that were way, you know, offside, but my parents were never like that. It was just, you know, just stern and, it was, uh, yeah, but it was always, yeah, like the same thing with Talon. Like he, he gets mad at himself when he, he knows when he doesn't do good. And, you know, there's, there's stuff when, when he doesn't listen to me or something and, you know, he, he, he doesn't come off the track and he knows, you know, I can see it that he knows what I'm talking about and, you know, where he can do it. But then at the same time, you know, like when he does great, it's, it's, it's fine. And, I, and for me, it's just like, I wanted to focus on, you know, I, I take him to the woods a lot because it, it teaches him. And like, these aren't just, you know, slow trails, like trail riding with XRs type of trail riding. This is like, you know, in, you know, it's hard hair scrambles type riding slash like close, some little bit of hard enduro mixed in um, stuff that he can do. Right. Right. But it teaches him you know, good technique. And, um, that's, that's the main thing too, is like, sometimes I have to watch them and, and tell them to, there's sometimes I have to like push them. And then sometimes I have to tell them to like, to, to relax. Like, whereas, you know, I never got told to, to relax. I was always, you know, once, once I got to a certain point, I, I should have been told a few times, like, but my dad didn't know the consequences of it. Like I can watch, you know, I can watch the track develop and see like, okay, like this, this is going to make the bike do that on him. So I, I, you know, I make sure to tell him like, look, did you see this, you see how it's working. And then I'll be like, watch, so you can see somebody else and using examples like that instead of him going out and just learning the hard way like that, that, you know, that I had to do. So kind of how 
I approach things with him and, and he's into a lot of other things too. Like, like we're, he's in the middle of, he might not be able to go to the nations because he's like made two cuts of the triple um, a, you know, peewee hockey. So oh, that's serious. You know, he's got another, yeah. Yeah. He's, he's big time into hockey and, and skateboarding. And so like, I'm not, you know, like at this time of year, it's basically, yeah, it's tryouts. I, yeah, it's, it's hockey time. He was, you know, he's asking me to, you know, I had to shut him down from riding because I was going riding and I had to get ready for donations. And he sees this and he's kind of like, oh man, I kind of want to go riding. And I'm like, you need to, you need to just relax and go do your truck, try out and focus your energy on the, on the hockey right now. So it's just kind of how I'm doing it with him. Fair enough. Yeah, no, it's 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 easy to uh, to have a uh, the, the attention span of a goldfish when you've got that many exciting things going on around you, especially when uh, when dad is uh, knocking down uh, podium after podium at the pros and, and then uh, going off and representing uh, the home nation uh, at uh, the biggest race in in of the year in a lot of ways um, especially in basically our own backyard uh, just across the border um, let's talk let's talk about getting uh, getting named to the uh, the the team for uh, motocross the nations uh, how did you find out and also how did you find out the first time like I would love to know how you found like the, the about like you're going this will be like the one of the many times you're going to uh, more across the nations tell me about the first time you ended up going yeah, like this is this one was probably the most like solidified spot for me. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like this has been, you know, there's been a couple of years where I was like a guaranteed pick, but you know, there's lots of. But the first time, yeah, I remember it was. Uh, yeah, I remember it was 2008, and and when I got the call from from Carl that, you know, that I, I remember thinking like, man, it would be really cool to to go to the nations one time. And, you know, in 2008, just how I was riding the, the, you know, the 250 and then I switched to the 450 and rode it good on the West coast. And I figured, you know, there was a, probably I had a shot at it and then, yeah, it was like a, yeah, it was like a dream come true. And when I got the, when I got the call from, from Carl at the, at the time, yeah. So it was, um, yeah, it, it was pretty cool to go with, um, Yeah to go with Dusty and Colt it was, was, was legit. Well, there you go. You've competed a couple of times in the United States as well as uh, plenty of times overseas. And uh, when I think of Red Bud, in fact, the first thing that comes to mind is how well you were riding until it all came apart on, that, uh, on the Kawasaki. Um, that must have been very disheartening for you. Uh, probably, like, what, what was more of a letdown? Not being able to ride uh, ISDE this year, or may- maybe having your best moto in Motocross Nations, uh, your, your history at the Motocross Nations, and have the bike come apart on you. Oh man, those are both those are both both pretty damn devastating. I mean, yeah, getting to getting to France this year and having put in so much time and having that. ISD being one of my main goals for for this year was yeah it was it was not cool um especially going to the you know the hand specialist there and they're like yeah this is there's no way there's just big like so badly misdiagnosed me and at home it was just you know it was just it was devastating it took me a couple of days to to get over that and then same thing with with red but I mean um 
yeah, I was, you know, I was sitting in seventh or eighth. I was battling with Barsha and, you know, it's just, it was just one of those days that you have that, you know, it was just on, on point and, you know, the bike was good. And then just a fluke thing with the, with the um, bleeder cap, the plastic bleeder cap on the left side on the Kawasaki, it had, um, it was like a little plastic thing and it ended up getting so hot that it just melted it and pushed the threads out and, and shot coolant everywhere and ended, uh, ended my, my race, which, yeah, that was, oof, yeah, it was devastating, but I mean, it's a, Lissamore got the photo of it. So it's, you know, it's, it's a pretty good memory. And, um, a good friend of mine has, uh, that Jersey and it's up on the wall with the photo of it. So it's, I mean, it's, it's, you know, in one way it's kind of bittersweet, but, uh, yeah. Um, both of the things that kind of, kind of suck, but yeah, I just hopefully, yeah, just move on from, from that and just use it as a learning experience, I guess. Certainly. Yeah. It made for good photography for all the wrong reasons. Uh, but a memory nonetheless, uh, and a chance at redemption this year, like I said, uh, including off air, like, uh, you're one of the only guys who can consistently challenge Dylan Wright for, for wins and, and uh, laps led this last summer, uh, through the uh, Canadian triple crown outdoor series. Um, one of your best seasons to date, uh, and, and an opportunity to, uh, to, to maybe like, land uh, Canada at one of the best finishes they've had um, in recent history. Like, I, I think with uh, with both GDR guys, they're going to be on good bikes. You've got uh, two Canadian champions. And then yourself, like, I think we, we couldn't be sending uh, a better team right now as far as just skill-wise and, and uh, momentum. Um, so I, I don't want to put too much pressure on you, but I seriously think you guys can be a, ser- a serious contender this year. Yeah, exactly. I mean... Um, yeah, there was, you know, it was a little bit stressful, um, a few weeks ago trying to make the decision, the proper decision on, you know, whether I was going to be, you know, a hundred percent come, come the event. And yeah, I mean, luckily I've put my head down and got, you know, got to work with, you know, Katie has been working on my hand every single day and, um, yeah, I've been riding for the last two weeks and, and feeling really good. And yeah, like it's the, the timing is, is the timing seems to be working pretty good. I mean, rolling into this weekend, it should be back. I'm, you know, I should be back a hundred percent. I've been doing 40 minute motos again, like I had been this, this summer and the bike is the exact same. I, you know, it's freshened up. It was, it was actually freshened up for Walton in case I was going to do, you know, in case we axed the 250 deal or if I, you know, wanted to do both classes, but, um, yeah, so my, my bike is ready to go. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think, yeah, like you say, we have a great team. We have the two champs and then, yeah, the, you know, the second best in the 450. And I think, um, yeah, hopefully we can get the record. I mean, that's, that's really my, you know, my goal coming in is just to be on the, the record breaking team to set the benchmark, you know, just like it is. And, you know, we said last year and, in um for isde you know doing a, a lot of work and having a lot of good tests and then you know look at that we we you know did our best country finish as a country so yeah to be a part of that and hopefully to be a part of the, the mx01 too certainly so what needs to happen this weekend for tyler medaglia to leave uh, redbud track and trail on the sunday 
satisfied and and know that you uh, you put in your best and and that you were successful as a team? Um, yeah, like just to be in the mix, right? Like, um, I think just if everyone does their what you know does their job, um, it, this race is so um, it's so like sporadic there's just so much shit that goes on and it's so intense that, that there's so much, there's so much stuff that can happen. So, you know, just getting through the first couple laps, um, clean for all of us, it will be huge. And then, yeah, just if, if all three of us ride, like we did this summer, which, you know, which we should on all accounts, especially cause this track is close. We're not going to have to deal with, you know, weird travel, weird food, weird, anything you know we're just rolling right into another national basically and you know this the dirt there is similar to you know half our series right we got sandalee and deschambeau and um you know gophers and you know we ride this type you know soft sand really well and yeah i just think that you know camloops too like we, we got soft tracks and good dirt like just like how this weekend is and I think it's, it, you know, it's definitely an advantage for us. So hopefully we can, and we've all, I don't know about Ryder, but we've, I know Dylan and I both have ridden this track. So. Yeah. You've shown some speed on this track in the past. Uh, like from what I've been, uh, heard, it's probably going to be ripped pretty deep. It's not going to get crazy rough because there's not a ton of track time, all things considered between the, like it's basically it's just the pros that are out there. It's two qualif it's three qualifying sessions, three races on Saturday, uh, and then uh, the B main or I guess the yeah the the qualifier uh, into the B main um, on the sa- Sunday morning, and then those three motos. Like it's it's not actually a lot of um, uh, tr- like track time on on the on the particular race day. Like does that affect uh, how you approach um, like the strategy of actually like kind of setting up the bike? knowing that the, the the bumps might not be as big as they are on, say, like uh, uh, a U.S. national uh, uh, race day. I, I know, uh, obviously, like, and maybe you can speak to this, is how rough a U.S. national gets compared to a Canadian national, because I'd imagine they're quite different. Yeah, I, like, it's just, it's a different rough for it, really. Like, um, yeah, uh, the tracks are kind of getting closer and closer just because of live live TV, you really don't have that much of an opportunity to do a whole lot of track prep. So the tracks are, you know, continuously getting more and more, you know, similar. Um, as for my bike this weekend, I think I'm starting with, um, I'm starting with my setting that I, that I ran at Deschambeau and yeah, um, same gearing. I'm going to run, 1451 is the gearing I ran most of the most of the year and I got uh Deschambeau we had to go a little bit stiffer on on the front end just for hold up you know and those gullies and big jumps and stuff and I think same thing with with red butt it's going to be soft there's you know some g outs I remember last time I rode there we needed we had to firm up my front end just because of the hold up and and the pressure on the forks so I have kind of an idea of um, where we're going to start and yeah I mean the big thing is just there there's going to be some greats there to practice on hopefully get you know a few I don't want to smoke a clutch but get a get at least a good you know good few practice sessions in on this little on the little test strip so that we can 
yeah, get some good starts because it's crucial, especially at a track like this where it's, you know, it's everybody's going to be fast. You know, it's, it's not going to be, I guess, like the, the countries where the guys ride, you know, baked hard pack tracks might struggle a little bit, but for the most part, a lot of these guys are going to be, it's going to, everybody's going to be fast. So there's no dicking around. <laughs> Absolutely, man. It's, it's going to be uh, quite the event. I'm looking forward to it. Like I said, I have, I have high expectations and justifiably so uh, for team Canada. We are sending our absolute best and you're certainly one of them. Uh, this will be your ninth time representing Canada. And honestly, I do thank you for, for like, going out and, and being a great ambassador for the sport of motocross in Canada and, and representing our, our country. And uh, I hope you get an opportunity to do it, uh, go into the double digits and do it for a 10th time. I'm not sure where the race is next year. I think it's in France perhaps, or, or something like along those lines. It seems to go back to France every, every couple of years or so, but uh, either way, uh, I wish you success this weekend as well as uh, an opportunity to, uh, to go into double digits next year. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think if um, you know all things considered, the the bike is no different than next year, and I think we just keep making small changes, and uh, I'm still really motivated, and you know I I missed out on on a win this season, um, came close at Deschambeau, but yeah, like I said, I just yeah I want to put my head down and and try to you know do the best I can at Redbud, and you know every friggin' lap you know that I'm I'm out there, I'm gonna be pushing as hard as I can, so. Um, yeah, looking forward to it. Awesome. Last question I have for you here on the Big MX Radio podcast brought to you by Fox Racing Canada. Uh, who's going to do better this year, your Senators or uh, my Jets? Oh, the Sens of the lineup this year. The Sens are going to take it. Just a I, wagon. I just picture them holding holding up the cup this year. It's going to be great. Bring it to the nation's capital. Have our, our good buddy Justin Trudeau maybe do a, a like a, a cup hoist too. Yeah, maybe maybe uh forget forget about that, but yeah, everything else, yeah, we're good with the sense. <laughs> awesome, man. Uh well, I appreciate the time as always. Best of luck this weekend. We'll see you there. Do not hang up just yet, but for podcast sake, we're going to cut it off right there. First of all, I got to apologize about the audio. I have no idea what going on went on with that interview. Um both the other interviews were uh recorded uh, on each end of uh, having Tyler on. Uh, so that was really confusing. I had uh, uh, Ryder on first, Tyler on second, and uh, and Dylan on third. And for some reason, my audio on uh, the middle interview is just uh, a little bit staticky, almost a little bit robotic in there. Hopefully you guys got through it uh, because there's a ton of great in, uh, info in there uh, from Tyler. So uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed that. Uh, and we're able to uh, suffer through a little bit of uh, technical issues on the audio side. Uh, but there you have it, guys. Um, all three athletes from Team Canada. I'm excited to uh, to cover the race this weekend. It's the first time going to an in-front event. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. The weather looks unreal. And uh, Canada uh, looks like they're going to have uh, a really solid team this year. So uh, hopefully you enjoyed this podcast. Uh, if you're looking for a full sort of race preview show that podcast will come out later today uh possibly uh for release uh thursday morning uh as i will be driving 
down to the uh, to the race uh, to to go cover it for not only Big MX Radio but also MXP Magazine. Excited about that as well. Uh, so go check it uh, check it out, guys. Uh, thanks to Fox Racing Canada, JC Sites, and uh, and Danica White, both uh, huge supporters of the Big MX Radio podcast. Got to get Danica on the show in short order. It's been way too long since we had her on. Uh, same thing with uh, with JC and uh, his son Dexter, who just got back on the bike. Uh, pumped to see that kid back ripping, and he's already going faster than me, which is both uh, incredible to see as well as demoralizing as uh, someone who's been riding all summer. But either way, uh, kid's got skills and uh, looking forward to, uh, to turning some laps with him at uh, uh, Wild Rose at some point. That would be awesome. Uh, go jo- go check out uh, GutsRacing.com as well as uh, PhoenixHandlebars.com. Um, huge sponsors of the podcast. Uh, and also you can use discount code BIGMX15 to save 15% on all orders through Phoenix Handlebars. Go check it out. Thanks, guys.